Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? It's showtime, folks! Do I have everybody's attention now? We are the nation! Give me a hell yeah! Yes! What? Yes! What? Power in the inmate! Embrace the vision. We want the smoke! Everybody's got a price! For the benefit of those with flash photography. With a tear in my eye! The cream of the crop! Hey, yo! You just made the list! I am the man! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wrestle Nation, pro wrestling talk for people who talk pro wrestling. This is the official podcast of Nation Extreme Wrestling, talking about all the happenings in the newest pro wrestling organization in the Pacific Northwest, as well as breaking down the world of WWE. NXT, AEW, and more. Whether it's then, now, or new, we're here to break it down. My name is Jay Bowman, and I'm joined as always by Mr. Wyatt Aren't the Stanchion. Wyatt, how are you doing today? What's that noise, Bowman? What's that noise? It sounds like there's some crinkling. It's a bag of my nuts, and that's the kind of energy I'm bringing tonight. <laughs> he held up a bag of, of nuts. Uh, it's a... Not a visual medium, but just to let you know. Uh, I feel like that was very prepared. I had made up in the spot. Look, I, I saw some nuts. I knew to go with it. We are also here with the architect, Mike Paris. Mike, how are you doing today? You know, Bowman, I don't know that. But let me tell you what I do <laughs> oh, know. Oh, shit. <laughs> Every week I log on to Skype and we have a few drinks and a few laughs and it's great. But you know what the best part of my week is? It's for about 10 seconds when I pull up my computer to open Skype. Because I think maybe I'll log on and I'll call you and you won't be there. No goodbye, no see you later, no nothing. Just left. I don't know much, but I know that. Now, that was the speech that Bubba gave to Forrest, correct? I mean, <laughs> that's the accent I was hearing. <laughs> a little Louisiana. Got, got a little Southern in there. <laughs> no one knows that Chucky didn't have roots in Louisiana as well as Boston. Oh, I All like right. It. I have my own interpretation of the character. That's Thank true. You. That's your, you made it your own. Good man. He went back and actually got the uh, got the lines from Goodwill Hunting. I'm I'm proud. I'm impressed. Uh, well done. And it was pretty well delivered, aside from some of it sounding like it happened in Louisiana. But that's okay. <laughs> we'll need some gumbo, and I hope you're not here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and Wyatt has a bag of his nuts. So yep. we're all. We're all doing well for episode three here. Uh, let's get right into it. We'll talk a little bit of uh, some new happenings, first of all. 
we are fast approaching the first show date for NEW, uh, September 11th at the Gaming Stadium in Richmond, British Columbia. Uh, we are going to be there recording segments with the wrestlers for some future uh, elements on Wrestle Nation, which we're very, very excited about. Wyatt, how pumped are you to be able to sit down and actually talk to the wrestlers and get them on Wrestle Nation? I'm excited. I've heard Uncle Daddy Tony Brony wants to kick your ass. Don't know why. So, Me? Yeah, he's looking, he's looking to call you out. Uh, I mean, I've been saying things to him. Maybe I played a part in that, but whatever. Um, again, I just think, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. What did I do? Paris, what did I do? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I'm the one with the, the bad character work on this show, so... If he should be after anyone, it should be me. I, I How talked dare to Uncle you Daddy. Say. He he respects Paris's commitment to his character. <laughs> Bowman, he just thinks he just thinks you're a pile of garbage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A pile <laughs> of garbage. Well, wow. I look forward to hashing this out yeah. with him. <laughs> Squash the beef on the microphones and squashing this beef because I didn't do anything to him. I, I won't uh, I won't uh, bury the lead here, but I think me and Nicole Matthews might have some beef that we might want to hash out. So. There's just a lot of people to talk to. We're gonna, we're trying to get to all of them. I have I will say I've uh, recently met up with Beef Boy, Judas Icarist, uh, Travis Williams. So I know they're all pumped to get back in the ring. Uh, so I think you know we're gonna try and get a lot of people on the show. Uh, and again, as many of them, of them as I can to you know attack Bowman verbally or physically. I'm gonna try and make it happen. Is this, is this whole thing just building towards an afternoon of me being verbally assaulted by all the wrestlers and you? What's that sound, Bowman? <laughs> it's your nuts. That's the back you, of my nuts. You, you, you use the bit already. It's your nuts. <laughs> now, what so do I do with the nuts? What do I do with the nuts right now? They're on your head. Exactly. Think about that. <laughs> I honestly don't know what you're trying to say there. You're, you're not right. thinking hard enough. Yeah. Thank you, Paris. He gets it. He gets if they it. were on your chin, that'd be something entirely different. But they're not. They're on your head. You'll see. Oh, that is not that is not exciting. But what is exciting is that we're going to be sitting down on the show day, uh, talking with the wrestlers. Very very exciting. Uh, also recently announced the commentary team for NEW One. Uh, Rob Fay will be on play by play. Justin Morissette and myself will be on uh, color commentary. And then uh, Chantel's going to be doing Mean Gene stuff, interviewing the wrestlers before the matches, after the matches. Uh, really really solid broadcast team. I am super excited to be a part of it. And I know Rob and Justin are, and Chantel are absolutely going to kill it. Uh, Wyatt, thoughts on the commentary team? Oh, it's a lot of talent there. I love the fact that, uh, again, Rob Faye's always been the kind of guy who likes to work with uh, the underdogs of sorts. I mean, I'm the star, of course, but he brought you two in. So he likes to work with the underdogs, <laughs> uh, which is nice to see. Bring him up. And, uh, yeah, I, I do want to say a quick shout-out to our first episode. One of the wrestlers heard my Thomas Crown idea, and uh, they seem pretty into it. So I'm just saying, it might happen one day. <laughs> which wrestler? <laughs> I'm not going to – you think I'm going to give it away? No. No. I, I, I thought that maybe <laughs> – Paris, your thoughts on the on the commentary of the broadcast team? Well, I'm I'm especially I'm of course I'm excited for you, Bowman, because because you're my buddy and I appreciate you. Uh, but I'm also excited for Justin Morissette. He has an epic broadcasting voice. Um, he knows a hell of a lot about professional wrestling, and uh, I'm excited to hear his his dulcet tones in the play by play because I think that's that's a perfectly cast role for him. 
I'm very excited. I'm very nervous. I got some really seasoned broadcasters with Rob and Justin uh, with me. I'm sure they're going to help take care of me and stuff. But I, I'm very excited. Cannot wait. The enthusiasm for that show is already reaching like really, really high levels. People commenting on Twitter all the time. Super excited. Waiting for that show on September 11th at the Gaming Stadium. It's going to be great. There, there was one troll. I think it was on Instagram who was like, "Does do any of these guys know anything about wrestling?" <laughs> Uh, I know a lot about Carlos Cologne, so as I proved in pre, pre- you know previous episodes, Look, I'm pretty Bowman. sure it's one of Wyatt's burner accounts. But well, no, no, no. Sure. Here's the here's the here's the thing. Like Bowman knows, you know, we've worked together a long time. I'm not a big detail guy. Like I'll talk about a movie. Like you remember the scene where that guy kind of got hit by a car, and Bowman will like, list off every single detail. And it's the same with wrestling. So like when we went to the trivia contest, I think I got one right. That's the only one I came through because I don't remember anything. So attack me for not knowing wrestling, but these two guys, they know their stuff. So come on, guys. I'm sorry, were we seriously attacked for not knowing wrestling? <laughs> yeah. I did yeah, not there, see that. There was Well, it was just like, uh, it was some some troll just being like, I bet these guys, do, except for uh, they liked Cassidy. They liked because he yeah. actually was a wrestler, so he knows things about wrestling. Wasn't Cassidy? Because that would be something he would do. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. Yeah, Cassidy's great. I'm not going to disagree with that troll if he's saying that. But uh, I know way too much about wrestling. I, I don't know what this person was thinking. It's like, do, do a can you Google these individuals and see their resumes? Because they, everyone has a resume. Yeah, and but, there was uh, also anyway. yeah, there was also a very nice write up on uh, the NEW website about everything and you know what we do, what we bring to it. So that's unfortunate that there are mean people on the internet, but this is a stunning discovery uh, for me. But Bowman, what's that? I feel like this, I, I'm going to say it's, it's your bag of nuts, but it's right. going to be something else you have in a bag. Like, no, it's a bag of shit, actually. Here you go. That's, that's your no, opinion. no, it, it's a bag of nuts because that guy's opinion is nuts. I was trying <gasps> to back you up, and then you, yeah. you kind of went after me, so now friendship I did. <laughs> I did, and Regular I'm... cake all over again. <laughs> I did, and I'm sorry. Anybody else have any other NEW happenings they wanted to get into and talk about? Uh, I am just looking forward to what the first card's going to look like, because obviously, you know, these wrestlers have all worked before, and there were some, you know, storylines and some beefs they've had that are kind of, are they still going to continue? Do people still want to throw down? Will Matthews go after Paris? Like, there's a lot of stuff out there um, that I want to see how it goes down and just see, uh, after a long layoff like that, I'm sure everyone's feeling the ring rust and, you know, trying to get in their grooves. I kind of want to see, like, on a performance level, I want to see people who are able to bring it and, like, what level they're at. Well, Mike, you've been watching, I know you've mentioned you've uh, watched the Instagram for the Lionsgate Dojo. You're seeing a lot of cool stuff coming out of there, right? Yeah, they're looking very innovative. It looks like they're trying to come up with some new stuff that uh, we haven't seen before. It's And then there's the standard drills that they look like they are all putting in the work and uh, keeping that rust off. Um, it looked like they were talking even into how to get heat from a crowd. It looks like they've been doing lessons on uh, you know, how to build a great, great card and all those kind of things. So I think this is more... We're seeing the inner workings of, of what what these guys are actually working on. Now, question, did at any point they bring a parade of briefcases to the ring? <laughs> I the didn't pump. see it. Okay, I didn't see good. it. But, like, you know, Instagram stories are, what, like 30 seconds? Yeah. Like, so you can only put so much in there. And I feel like when you're thinking about getting real good heat, like, that's your big thing. You don't want to ruin that in an Instagram story. Fair, fair enough. All right, I got it. I come out and I got a bag of nuts with me. Okay? <laughs> and then I grab the mic. 
and I put the nuts in a briefcase. And I changed the briefcases around. It's like, yeah, who booked this, Wyatt? Every, every time I beat a guy, I take a nut, I put it in the bag. I keep it into my bag of nuts. <laughs> Do you ever eat the nuts? Oh, no. No, 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 no. It's visual medium. <laughs> I'm excited about the venue, too. The venue seems really cool, really innovative. Uh, the gaming center in Richmond. It's Gaming Stadium? I forgot gaming Stadium. Gaming Stadium. Uh, and I think it's a, a good, cool... I, I don't know if it's going to be the long-term home base for them, but it looks like it uh, suits all their needs from an in-arena in, in in uh, audience perspective as well as from a wrestler perspective as well as from a broadcasting location. So excited to see what they can do there. Yeah, anyone who's watched any wrestling has seen some of the venues. And you you get the best you can. It's not shitting on venues. But if anyone's ever been to Sapperton, uh, on the nights when the upper floor Wyatt's was... about to shit on it. Yeah, no, well, I, I will, I'll shit in Sapperton all fucking day. Uh, so, so for Sapperton, the one place, the upstairs area every once in a while was like overtaken by like an S&M conference. Like it was. So you can go upstairs. So the workers can be up there. So downstairs... Uh, aside from the no confetti allowed sign, which always confused me, there was just a one small kitchen and a kind of his office that all the wrestlers had to kind of like work, like be in the back. It was the, those are the, if you ever did one of those shows, that was indie wrestling. Okay. We're all in the kitchen. We're moving around pots and pans. Uh, so I'm excited about the new venue and just the fact that new seems to want to raise the bar, uh, to a higher level. That's super exciting. Did we do a Shayna Baszler bit there? I think I remember being at that place and being in that kitchen. Was it? I mean... I would hope you'd remember. Uh, Sapperton Kitchen's hard to forget. Um, but, uh, I don't specifically remember that. I don't know if I was in there or what, but yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, sure. Like, do you remember yeah. low ceilings and a feeling of, of gloom and not wanting to be there anymore? Because that's Sapperton. <laughs> it's all coming back to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. I absolutely do. No, it is going to be fantastic. I'm really excited to see what the venue looks like as well. Apparently, the venue is also going to be great for you know people who aren't able to make it. Uh, people to watch it. I'm not sure what the broadcast details are going to be. I'm sure that will come out over the next several weeks as well because there's going to be a lot of people wanting to check it out that unfortunately won't be able to be there. So we want to try and create something for them as well. Uh, it's going to be awesome. September 11th. Keep your eyes out for news. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, I think we should go to the wide world of wrestling. All right, everybody, we are a few days away from SummerSlam 2021, the second biggest pay-per-view of the calendar year for WWE. And this one they're trying to make WrestleMania caliber. It's going to be at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, excitement levels for SummerSlam and the current product, I guess, right now. Uh, Wyatt, coming to you. Uh, again, I've, I've openly admitted that it's, I'm <clears throat> kind of getting back in the swing of things in terms of wrestling and WWE is not necessarily my first stop. I kind of tuned them out just with the whole corporate nature. Uh, AEW is kind of where I'm headed right now in that sense, but I'll always check with the big shows. Uh, you know, the big four is always kind of fun for me. So again, I'm not like, you know, dying to see it, but I am intrigued just to kind of see, you know, back with, uh, you know, I assume there'll be fans and to see how it all goes down. Paris? Uh, yeah, I'm also, I'm, I'm going to echo exactly what Wyatt said and say, like, I'm not as in tune with the product as I would like to be right now. I, presently, I find the card a bit underwhelming. Um, I'm not sure if they can do anything in the next few days to help change my mind there, but uh, it, it should be a decent show. You, like They're going balls to the wall here in regards to SummerSlam and promoting it in their big kind of return to crowds event, hopefully. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do, but also right now I'm feeling a bit underwhelmed. Give us Pete Rose versus Kane. Give us what we want. Give us what we've wanted for so long. <laughs> Where's the end of that storyline? Where's the revenge for Pete Rose? 
<laughs> we'll go just up and down the card uh, real quick here. Quick thoughts. If you're not super familiar, that's fine. Uh, Finn Balor versus poor man Baron Corbin. Uh, Wyatt, who do you like in that match? I think you keep, you're going to ride Baron Corbin not getting much in his life. You don't end that now, so that's going to be Finn Balor for sure for me. And I like the fact that he loses. I saw, again, you told me to watch some of his sketches. I'm watching it. It's the best Corbin's ever been. Like it's, even him growing his hair out kind of like looks yeah. so stupid. It's perfect, but like yeah, it's that's good character work right now. Walking around trying to get someone to get a stain out of his shirt because it's his only one. That's just that's just yep. good stuff right there. Uh, Paris. Okay, here's my vision for that match. Okay, Baron Corbin, in a last ditch effort to get his groove back, the Demon Baron Corbin, comes out with half-assed done makeup. A shitty entrance, just stealing all of Finn Balor's uh, demon entrance, and uh, that would be beautiful to me. He has he only owns one belt, and that's keeping his pants up. So it's in his hair, and his pants just fall down. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's all I had. He's completely off time with the yeah, yeah with the, the arm yeah. move. Yeah. yeah. Well, halfway through the music gets cut off because he couldn't afford the licensing for it. <laughs> so it comes out. <laughs> loop it. I said loop it. <laughs> Loop what we have. He has like children's face paint on from like a carnival and it's just like dripping with sweat and just like falling down his face. Perfect. Oh, oh, this is all good stuff. And then Finn Balor has to face his own demons. But <laughs> not really. This is what it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got uh, Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie. Alexa Bliss and her winking doll. Uh, Wyatt, who do you like there? It should be Alexa Bliss, but WWE, they brought Eva Marie back for a reason. They have, you know, a reason to keep her around. So I don't know if they want to give her. I think they'll give her a bit of a push from that because Eva Marie's always kind of been, you know, one of the people they like. So, and again, Alexa Bliss can probably take, like, you've seen how they treat Bray Wyatt, right? So she can take the loss and they don't care because her character is strong enough to, like, keep going. So. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll probably agree with that. Uh, Eva Marie needs a reason to be here a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm yeah. gonna say she needs a reason to be here. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she could use the win. How about that? Is that yes. a more diplomatic way of saying it? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how they're gonna make that work though. Like, there, Bowman was telling me that tonight on Raw, there's a little bit more uh, supernaturally stuff going on. So, how do you undercut that and have Alexa Bliss go out here? I'm not quite sure, but I think that yes, you do give Eva Marie the the dirty win here. Yeah, not as much supernatural stuff as last week, where they cut to the doll winking at Dewdrop, which distracted her, and she got schoolboyed and lost the uh, the match. Why did you see the doll blinking? I the, saw the it. wink. Yeah, I mean, it, those are those things where I don't hate it, but like, like down the line, I'll probably look back at it and laugh. But like in the moment, I'm like, all right, sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's that level for me. Sounds right. All right, for the Raw Tag Team Titles, AJ Styles and Omos versus Randy Orton and Riddle. Wyatt, thoughts. It's Randy. Randy's going to get his wins. He's, they're going to give him what he wants. Uh, I think if you've got... Don't shake your head. I can see you on the medium, Paris. Dude, okay. <laughs> Randy gets I, the win. I'll see you after SummerSlam, sir. No, that we're setting up for a, for a Riddle-Randy feud here. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think and we're there yet. I, th- I think we are. I think okay. this, is, this is the time for, for Riddle to have Randy break Riddle's heart and turn his back on the match somehow. And I don't care about you. I'm going to walk away kind of thing. And, uh, and then start a, start a program with those two. Yeah, I think a cool thing that could come out of that is maybe Riddle not being so silly. Like, because he's, you know, right. bro. But, like, Rob Van Dam was also, hey, dude, whatever. But there were times where Rob Van Dam would get really serious and beat someone's ass. Yeah, I, I think something similar would, would be appropriate here. I think you need to get Riddle out of his obsessive bromance kind of character 
and and back into his badass self. Uh, and he can still play to the comedy a little bit, but I think we've got to do pull that trigger sooner rather than later. Yeah, I also do not want to see uh, AJ Styles and almost lose the tag team titles. I just need them on TV more because we talked about it on prior episodes. They're awesome together, and it's just such a great visual, and I don't want to see it uh, go away anytime soon. Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. We are one Heath Slater away from 3MB Collide. Uh, Wyatt, thoughts on uh, two out of three of 3MB going at it at SummerSlam? Again, I'm not super excited about this match. I, I'd give it to Drew just because I think there's more potential there with Drew. So, yeah, it, if you had one match, I was like, hey, that's for sure my bathroom match is this one. And again, nothing against yeah. those guys. But like, I'm not liking, like, if I want a match, I either want the storyline to be intriguing or I just want to see these two guys, if they're how the styles are going to like, go in the ring. And I don't, I'm not super excited about to see what McIntyre and Mahal can do. So, yeah, I, I, I'll say the same thing. Like, this is, when I looked at the card, this is the match that I'm like, I I don't care about this. I actually think Jinder's probably going to go over here with assists from, you know, the the Bollywood boys on steroids. Um, kind of go go dirty there. Um, but yeah, I, I think, once again, why is Jinder here? You brought him back for a reason. If you're going to bring him back just to job him out to Drew, then probably not. I mean, yeah, they've so done that before in the past. I will say, sorry to get off, but they've done it in the past. They bring people in. You're like, all right, let's go. And then, like, for what reason? So it has happened. Tenzai <laughs> oh, is here, you know everybody. <laughs> Remember Tenzai? Yeah, Lord Tenzai had some. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> well, hell, Eva Marie, they brought her back. That's the, the theme of SummerSlam is, well, they're back for a reason. <laughs> That's really the tagline. They're yeah. back for a reason? <laughs> they're back for a reason. <laughs> it sounds like something they would actually say and try and market <laughs> in a serious way. Uh, for the U.S. title, Sheamus and Damian Priest. Wyatt. Uh, I think it should be Damian Priest, uh, but I, I can't, you know what? I'm going to give it, I want Sheamus to keep going. It shouldn't be. It's going to be Damian Priest, and it should be, but just for the chaos, I want Sheamus to win. Sheamus has been great this year. Uh, yep. You know, some real Hoss matches with Drew McIntyre that were awesome to watch uh, when they are still in the Thunderdome. Uh, Paris, who do you like in this match? Uh, I'll, yeah, Damian Priest, but uh, honestly, like, the U.S. title is such a nothing title these days to me. Um, Sheamus is honestly pretty nothing to me like he's had some good matches as you as you've noted but the character's not doing it for me um and then i think they damien Pri they brought damien priest in for a reason <laughs> he's here for a reason <laughs> so uh yeah give him that give him that mid card title oh, they geez. they seem to want to push him in that in that range another guy who does nothing for me by the way but anyway smackdown tag team titles usos versus the mysterios Wyatt. well dominic's here for a reason boys he's here for a reason <laughs> Uh, it depends how long they want to kind of have these guys, you know, chasing. The Usos are perfect, perfectly cromulent as tag champions. They can, you can give them the belts any day of the week. I understand they're really good at what they do. But if you want to kind of stretch it out a bit, sure, make it, you know, a bit longer run. But it's SummerSlam. I, you know, I'd give it to the Mysterios for a kind of a feel-good moment. Maybe we'll touch on this later about what happens in the presumptive main event. But I do like the look of the bloodline all with belts. Um, so I say keep it on the Usos here. Yeah, I absolutely love them having all the uh, all the belts. Uh, Edge versus Seth Rollins. Edge is here for a reason. <laughs> Wyatt? Um, I do love the fact uh, that, you know, Rollins was called Edge Light. That was great. Um, yep. So uh, I do want to say, I want to give, I want, this is the worst thing. He is here for a reason. I want Edge to get the win. Seth can take the loss here. Like, Seth is, like, such a brand. They can build him up pretty quick. They will build him up if they want to. Uh not that I think Edge, though, is demanding wins or anything like that, but, like, if you have a guy like Edge come back, like, he still needs some big wins so he feels impactful. So I give it to Edge. 
Yeah, I'm not sure what their plans are with Edge here. Not here specifically, but in the long term, I don't know what Edge Edge's plans are for Edge. Is he around for a while? Is he around for the short term? Um, but they've got to kind of start putting him on the mantle pretty quick here, um, I would assume, especially if he does have a terminus point. Um, yeah. So and of course Seth Rollins is 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 a great guy to to lose or to win over. So. Yeah, I love how they're putting in the storyline they're talking about all those years ago when Edge almost uh, curb stomped him into the Money in the Bank briefcase when John Cena had to reinstate the authority and kind of playing that into it. That's like when they played up the stupid, stupid thing with Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton. Mm -hmm. Love when they go deep into their history like that. That's awesome. And yeah, do you guys see, just a quick question, do you see Edge winning a world title during this run? Um, Or do you think he's just back to wrestle some guys he didn't get a chance to wrestle before, have some matches, and then go off into the sunset. I, <clears throat> I don't think Edge is going to go out his way to, like, demand that win or kind of – I think he's here. Like, he wants to show his kid they can wrestle and kind of have good, good um, matches. Again, like, he does need to put Seth Rollins over that so he can get the win over him. But I feel like if he runs into young guys, like, if someone told him a storyline made sense, like, you're going to be the champion, it's going to lead to this big culmination to handing the torch off to someone else, then I could see it happening. That would be cool. I don't necessarily think – like – I don't think there's a heel out there for that. Maybe he has to go to heel to get that happening. But yeah, again, it's, it's, as Paris said, how long is he here for? That changes everything. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do with that. Yeah, I was really worried when he came back and he was challenging Roman Reigns because I did not want to see him be the one that ends Reigns' reign because that's going to be a special superstar elevating moment uh, for the person that ends uh, Roman Reigns' time on top as the tribal chief. Uh, Paris, what do you think? Does Edge win a title in this last run of his or no? Yeah, I think so. But I think to Wyatt's point, he is a wrestler's wrestler. Um, He is a guy who wants to do what's right for the business, not necessarily what's right for him. So I think that would have to be under the right circumstances and under the right storyline. And if he sees the opportunity to build something really, really well in story that also results in him having a title on him at some point, he's down for it. But he's not he's not Goldberg. He's not going to insist that they get that he gets the belt at some point. <laughs> well, that's what's going to happen. Edge is going to get the title. Goldberg spears him, gets the win. Call it now. <laughs> sure. I hate you. <laughs> Why not? Uh, SmackDown's women title, women's title, apparently this may or may not happen. Rumors that it might be scrapped uh, for undisclosed reasons. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Why? It just feels like Sasha can never get full momentum like any time for a long stretch of the time. Um, and I think Bianca is just, she's in the good zone right now. So I just keep it on Bianca, especially if like they're worried about not the match not going on. Um, yeah, I'm going Bianca on that one. I think in, in this uh, circumstances and with Sasha uh, on the other side of things, the money's in the chase. And I think Sasha kind of harassing uh, Bianca for the title going forward is 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 a better way to go than to just put the belt on Sasha today. What about on the Raw side of things with Nikki A.S.H. versus Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley? Uh, big, well, I didn't, yeah, Rhea for me. I, I love Ripley. She's I don't, I don't great. Yeah, give it to Ripley. Build on her. So I was uh, talking to listener uh, Clive Paris earlier today, my father, and uh, he said, well, you can't have her win. And I agree with everything my dad said. You can't have her win because you've got two behemoths on the other side of her uh but what do you do with nikki ash after this because taking the belt off of her really kind of just brings that character down and you just kind of toss it out the window and do you toss nikki cross out with it uh, hard to say but uh but i i agree with you i don't see a way in which unless the only route i could see them going is maybe nikki takes a step aside 
Rhea and Charlotte beat the living crap out of one another, and then somehow Nikki gets the pinfall coming out of that. But I don't think you can make either uh, Charlotte or Rhea Ripley look weak out of this. Right. All right. Let's talk the world title matches. Let's start with Goldberg and Lashley. Why? We have to. Yep, we do. Goldberg uh, is is Goldberg here for a reason? This is the one guy who's not here for. Well, he's here for a reason, a paycheck. Uh, he's not here for a reason for a title. Uh, it has to be Lashley. It, it, even if you just look at it in the fact of when Goldberg came back and beat Lesnar and shocked the world, this kind of makes Lashley look like the guy who easily beat Goldberg and didn't lose that. And you can maybe have a Lesnar Lashley down the line, like I didn't lose, like you did, that sort of thing, right? That ties into that whole thing. The world gets nothing from Goldberg winning the title. Absolutely nothing from that. It does not help anyone. I still can't believe he squashed the fiend at the height of the fiendness. That is stunning. My brother-in-law was thinking of investing in WWE at the time because he had been with me to some shows and saw how much merchandise they move and stuff. And then when that happened, I told him, I don't know, man. They made a pretty questionable decision, and a lot of people are pissed off. (laughs) He was like, what happened? I tried to explain it to him not being a wrestling fan. It was a bit tricky. Uh, Paris, you don't seem to want to talk about Goldberg that much. Uh, not even just Goldberg. These are two of maybe my all-time least favorite wrestlers. And putting them in the, in the ring together does negative for me. So that's your bathroom break match. I, no, because I want to see the goddamn train wreck that's going to come out of it. But uh, it, And by the way, I probably won't even have time to go to the washroom. This match will probably be 45 seconds. Well, yeah, if, if it is a really, like, say they use that, like, all kinds of different matches on the card, if they use that as, like, Lashley just squashing the shit out of Goldberg, do you think that could still be useful? I think it could be useful for, for Lashley's character. If you don't like him, that's probably the best use of him here. It's the best use, yeah, but, yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't know. I don't know where Goldberg's head is. What do you think's going to happen? Do you think Goldberg's going to business for himself? Do, <laughs> is this what Goldberg does? Hey, Vince, what's that noise? <laughs> that's a goddamn bag of nuts, pal. <laughs> I can spot a bag of nuts anywhere. <laughs> All right. And then the main event, uh, the match that I'm most looking forward to watching, 100%, John Cena, Roman Reigns. Uh, why? What are your thoughts? This makes the entire event the reason to watch it. Uh, again, I'm not even the biggest Cena guy. Everyone got, you know, we can go over Cena fatigue all day long. It doesn't matter. But like he, the fact he hasn't been around a long time, he's got you know the novel value, the fact he can win the most titles ever, the fact that Reigns is in such a great zone. Like You actually do not know what they'll do. Because if you think about it, like, you know they love John Cena. They might want to give him the, You're giving the John Cena signal, I write, right? So they love John Cena, and they maybe they want to give him the title the wins, right? But Roman Reigns is their guy, so maybe they're going like, hey, we can't give it to Cena. Like, you know, so I, it's, I, I think it should be Reigns, but I'm going to give the, the hustle loyalty and respect to Paris and let him, him chime in. Yeah, I, like you say, I genuinely have no idea where they're going with this because all logic points to Cena going over here because he's got a new movie in theaters. That's what he's there to promote. Got to make him look good. He's here (laughs) for a reason, but then, but then what? Right. And once again, is Cena sticking around for any sort of period or time? So I could, I could see, I could see them just leaving the title with reigns, having a good match. And I think Cena will probably be okay with that too. Yeah, I see Cena still being able to go a year or two from now. Like, he will, we can all agree, he will be the most decorated champion of all time, right? He'll get his 17th at some point. Could we all agree with that, or do you think he's yep. going to stay tied with Flair? I mean, Flair's gone now. Like, once Flair left, like, all right, Cena wins. No, Flair's <laughs> probably going to win the AEW championship soon. Yeah, so, yeah Flair's uh... got a couple world titles in his future as well to kind of uh, to run up the numbers. Okay, so do you think it's going to be one of those Roxena Roxena situations where Reigns takes the loss now to give Cena the overall, and then like a year later, you know, Reigns gets his win back? 
No, I, I feel like it's got to be, like, Reigns has to lose to Big E, right? He's got to launch a new star. If they're serious at all about creating new stars, you've been hearing that for years. They're not creating new stars. They're relying on the old guys and stuff. It is 100% a terrible decision, I think, for them to have Cena come in and end this awesome run that Reigns has had. The X factor here is the, oh, I think I hear it in the distance. Beep, beep. Beep. That's the Brinks truck backing up to the Rock's house. Because that could be the big difference maker here. And I think it's Roman Reigns that they want him to go up against. Whether or not the titles involved, though, I think is pretty irrelevant. Uh, as long as uh, Roman keeps up with his uh, head of the table character, that's a perfect setup for the Rock to come in and show him who's, who's who. Cena wins, and then we build to WrestleMania thrice in a lifetime. <laughs> John Cena versus The Rock. It was never for the Universal title before. That's the thing. It's new this time. It's different. Yeah. It's different. That'd be so, funny because then John Cena wouldn't be able to call it The Rock for selling out to Hollywood. He'd have nothing to say. Uh, well, shit. Good job, Rock. Uh, you know, He's got his promo notes written on his arm, too. <laughs> yeah. This is just what we do now when we've been gone for so long. I'm so sorry for everything yeah, I said apologizing. to you. Is the John Cena apology to her? <laughs> But you're both absolutely right. This is the match of the weekend. This is almost like the match of the week. Obviously, we'll talk a little AEW coming up soon here. But, uh, yeah, I cannot wait for this match. I'm not sure where they're going to go. I hope they go with Reigns and they use this to build another future star. But uh, we'll see. Some other WWE happenings recently. Uh, big thing going on this week was Keith Lee uh, was interviewed. He revealed why he was out for so long. Uh, first, he got COVID. And then there were irregularities in his blood when he was set to return. Uh then heart inflammation, extensive MRIs. To quote Keith Lee, quote, this became a fight against death. We fought death. I do not mind fighting anybody else. We continue to show exactly what it means to be limitless. Apparently, this was a really, really serious issue, and he was touch and go there for a while. A lot of fans questioning why he was gone. People thought that it was because of his conditioning or he was getting primed for being released. Um, yeah, why? What do you? What are your thoughts on Keith Lee and his medical issues? And now that he's finally back, it's always scary stuff. You never want to again. Like whenever we talk about wrestling, like after what we've seen, like Dark Side of the Ring, and just seeing all the in the injuries that CT can do, and this isn't to do with that, but like you, you just want the wrestlers to be healthy end of the day because they're putting their lives on the line to entertain us. They're the ones going out there having these grueling schedules and kind of like make us happy and that stuff. So anytime I hear these stories, I'm just glad that they're better. And again, excited to see Keith Lee back in the ring because he's he's I love him. I love him in the ring. I also love Keith Lee in the ring, and they were pushing him huge. When they had him come out that rumble, and Lesnar reacted like, oh, big boy, and they squared off in the rumble, that was a star-making moment for Keith Lee. He's had a bunch of them already. You worry about the booking and if they're going to actually follow through on making him as big a star as he should be, but uh, they've done fairly well in some instances in the past with making him look like an absolute monster. I find it interesting that all this is coming to light now, because I think at the time that he was pulled out, everyone was like, oh, it's Vince. Vince hates him. Of course, of course, Vince hates him. He's a big guy. He doesn't like the look of him, whatever. Um, but now all of this is coming out, and I'm surprised that the WWE wouldn't have wanted to release this earlier. But then I think about it, and maybe they didn't want to release it earlier because it looks bad from a COVID protocol perspective. So it probably looked bad on them one way or the other. So... Uh, Vince probably saw the the bad press against him around Keith Lee and took that bullet to avoid any further criticism around COVID. Mm. 
Okay. Yeah. Interesting theory for sure. Uh, WWE also, uh, it's heavily rumored. I don't know if it's been officially announced yet that they will be doing the King and Queen of the Ring tournaments with the finals possibly being at Saudi Blood Money Mania in October. Uh, Which, by the way, we still got six more years of their fucking agreement with uh, maybe seven, seven more years of their agreement with uh, with Saudi Arabia. Um, Overall thoughts on a King of the Ring tournament again. I loved the King of the Ring in, you know, the late 90s. Um, and then they they keep on trying to, to bring it up. They keep on trying to unbury it. And it never seems to work. And it actually seems like a death sentence for a lot of these guys that get it as opposed to anything that's putting them over. So I don't. I don't care for it. I don't know if it needs to happen. It doesn't add any prestige. What I would like to see is some sort of reward. A a Money in the Bank style reward. A Royal Rumble style reward. Some sort of incentive that gets these people over. And then to go back to Saudi Arabia, like that whole thing can get fucked. So They did it one time. They had it. They figured out King of the Ring and it was the Brock Lesnar year. The tournament is in June. Whoever wins, there's your number one contender for SummerSlam. I have no idea why they didn't just keep following through with that, because it's a great thing to have a ready-made feud for the second biggest show of the year. You win the Royal Rumble, you're going to be fighting for the title at WrestleMania. You win the King of the Ring, you get a title shot at SummerSlam. I don't get it. I mean, I think... To Mike's point, that that's part of the problem is the King of Ring used to mean something. There were two ways, ways like when I was younger, that I kind of like knew that some guy was like the next big thing. You're either the IC champion, you're like this guy might go somewhere, or you won King of the Ring. And I think WWE probably was in their mind. Steve Austin iconic speech, right? You're always remembering that sort of moments, those big king making moments, quote unquote. And now it just doesn't have the same gravitas at all. And you look at there's so many titles now, and there's so many other things going on. There's even even the idea that like yeah, King of the Ring gets something like even like there's money in the bank already happening. There's just so much noise out there that it's hard to make it as important as it should be. So it just feels like an honor to the the giant memorial win. Like great, but huh. it, it means nothing. And it's it, and what makes that bad is that I do have such good memories of the King of Ring that if someone wins it now, it's almost like you you feel like well, what's the point? Like what's it going to do for them? So if they do make a normal contender, that's a good way of making it somewhat more relevant. But I do, yeah I. It's one of those things where I just don't think it'll ever be as as iconic as it used to be. Uh, we all putting down every cent that we own on if they do a Queen of the Ring tournament that Charlotte wins. <laughs> what doesn't she win? But it's She'll in Saudi Arabia. Are they allowed to wrestle? I don't know. I don't well, know. Well, they do the full uh, the full sleeves and stuff. Okay. Yeah, they've wrestled in Saudi Arabia before. I know. I'm just making a joke about how it's just oh, not I'm progressive sorry. at all. I'm just. It's oh. just like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, other news this week, uh, Survivor Series, it was announced it'll be in Brooklyn in November. Speaking of shows that have kind of lost their luster a bit, does anybody care about Survivor Series anymore? I think they've done a good job the last several years, uh, maybe not last year, but in years past, of trying to reinvigorate it with the brands and doing having NXT being a part of it was a real shot in the arm. Obviously, NXT is in its own state right now. Uh, does anybody give a shit about Survivor Series? Yeah, no. Again, that's another thing where I just don't, there's, again, so much changed in WWE and so much white noise that it's hard to make that feel as iconic as it used to be. Like, remember Jerry Lawler and Bret Hart and, the, like, the weird Survivor Series feuds. And it's, like, the fact that it's, I think it's hard for them to come up with teams on the fly and make it feel like it has a reason, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's not even go back to the attitude eras of, like, the stable building days. Like, I just don't think they, they're able to kind of put together these dynamic teams that make you want to watch it. So it does feel a bit um, watered down for sure for me. Here's what I've loved uh, and hated in the last couple decades of wrestling uh, is a draft 
I love it. Love the the brand draft. What I don't love it is what comes afterwards. So how about a Survivor Series draft, and where you get some kind of team captains going on, and they can kind of draft their teams. And I think that that would be uh, more impactful. Have like some authority figure. Have a Pat McAfee Survivor Series Ooh. team or something like that to add a little difference to it and to add a little more uh, more gravitas. It would be something, because they need something with that, because you can't just have, oh, it's Survivor Series, and you don't have the multi-man tag matches, because then it just feels like every other show. I mean, there was years ago where they brought The Rock into tag team with John Cena against the formidable force of Miz and R-Truth, uh, but, and they had The Undertaker do his 20-something, 25 years, 30 years of Undertaker, whatever he did. Um, it needs something to kind of prop it up these days and i just don't know what they'll be coming up with this year especially with what's going on with uh, nxt uh yeah why i think it's the problem is is also the storytelling they do like they would have if they wanted it like if you have nothing on the line fine but if you want to give people a feud and a reason to be fighting WWE flies you know all, they shoot from the hip all the time they change things on the fly and you never know they don't seem to commit to a line so if they sat there and said we've got like three teams we'll put together and want them all to fight three matches of three teams whatever six teams give us a reason and they need to find even it didn't even have that hard you can have reasons and come up with it but they don't seem to commit to that and I think that's why it just doesn't work they don't commit to the idea of let's give people a reason why they're feuding and that's the old joke of Big Show he's heel one day face the next so like you just know everything flip flops and that kind of has made things lose meaning and the worst part for me is when they had going to the draft when they try to make us think that they cared about being on Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Like, at that point, that's, that breaks the fourth wall for me way too much. I'm like, they don't give a fuck. Like, don't don't pretend that that's something. Like, give us... Again, wrestling at its core is very basic. Give us very basic human reasons why they don't like each other. That's all you have to do. You don't have to try too hard. Just be consistent, and we're going to follow along. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. So if you had, like, team captains that had a real good beef yep. uh, on screen, if... if I don't, I don't know who to put him up against, but I think like Pat McAfee and Samoa Joe. I don't know. Two two people who could get something going. Or Adam Cole, hey. Uh, who could get some going and then they draft their teams and then their teams are behind them. I think that would be more important or more uh, impressive or or something to stick with rather than the brand split. So that, like, that's so much fun because like, imagine like Adam Cole, like he doesn't like Kyle Riley now, but he knows how good he is and he has yeah. to have him on his team and he has to find a reason to get him on his team. Like the dynamics here are so much fun. I love that idea. Needs more begrudging drafting. Yes. Begrudging partnerships. <laughs> well, there was like, there have been some great Survivor Series uh, matchups in the years past, like the uh, Team Cena versus Team Authority was a lot of fun when they had uh what was it bischoff's team versus like austin's team i think if like if austin's team won then they got to be each one of them got to be the general manager for like a week of raw um so they can do things like that to kind of keep things interesting and fingers crossed they do something like that this year uh talk a little aew now uh rampage debuted last friday and it debuted with uh, captain charisma christian cage defeating kenny omega for the tna and impact championships uh what are your guys thoughts on uh aw rampage and christian getting a pinfall over kenny omega yeah kenny didn't need the belts anymore it is one of those weird situations where now, Christian certainly didn't need the title, but he's there for a reason. So he's there um, for a reason. <laughs> but he has a history there, so I like it. Does work? It's not. Like, I don't think. It, I don't think Christian's the one. Also, one of the last guy who's gonna like, give me the belt now. No, it's just I, I trust him to like do the right thing with the belt, and you know they'll pass it on. Omega had the belts long enough. It did it what it was supposed to. That's fine. I think, and that's also makes Rampage like one of those <gasps> must see moments, right? So it, it all made perfect sense to do that. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they'll do with Rampage to help keep it relevant, but also separate. It does have right now. Maybe I'm maybe I'm projecting something that doesn't exist, but it's got a little bit of a 
WCW Thunder stink on it. That. Don't you say I'm that. Sorry. <laughs> we are all thinking it. <laughs> Thunder was uh, good at the start, too. <laughs> yeah. And was it too early, especially with the size of their roster and the ratings that they're getting for Impact? Was it too early to start a second show? Um, so I do worry a little bit about the future here. I do also wonder why they couldn't have just delayed a week and have the debut of theoretically CM Punk as the debut of Rampage, but... Uh, I'm glad Christian got a bit of a rub. I, I I agree with the the association with Impact being kind of some cool history there and giving him also a push within AEW. But yeah, yeah, I think it's now you mentioned have it be you know Punk's debut on Rampage, but what they're doing here is now they have two big key moments for those first two weeks to try and get people hooked. It's the Christian versus Kenny Omega match, and then people are obviously going to be tuning in. That's what I want to talk about next. Uh, we are fast approaching CM Punk debuting in AEW. He posted a little thing on Instagram today with an 05, an 11, and a 21, which many people sussed out were the three sum- are going to be the three summers of Punk. Uh, everybody's hinting at it. It's a very wink-wink, nudge-nudge, worst-kept secret in wrestling. Uh, Wyatt, are you going to be watching Friday to see CM Punk debut in AEW? Part of me hopes it's a bit of a, a Jericho uh, misdirection here. He doesn't show up. I feel like something he might do just to prank everyone, but there's too much money in the line. I think uh, obviously I'll be tuning in, and I think you're right that it's you know a, a one two week bang. That's pretty good. Uh, and everyone again, everyone's waiting for it. Everyone they've all hinted at it. If they did have some weird misdirection, I, I'm still here for it because you know what they've been so like you know wink wink nudge nudge that I have a good laugh if they didn't go that direction. But it does make sense to obviously have him come out. And yeah, I, I'm I'm it's not. It's been a long time since I've been like super looking forward to shows, and AEW is kind of bringing that back a bit to me. That's what I like about it. That's awesome. Who do you think? I know Darby Allen has teased that he wants to be, a, you know, his first opponent. Who would you want to see Paris as CM Punk's first opponent in AEW? Good question. I, I'm not sure if Darby Allen's the right person. Maybe Goldberg. Just say Goldberg. Yeah, you know, I do love, <laughs> I do love me some Goldberg. I. Uh, Part of me wants to say John Moxley, like that could be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, Derby Allen might be interesting. I just don't know if he can keep up with CM Punk from a technical perspective, but maybe I'm wrong. And why you obviously want it to be Luchasaurus, right? Uh, 100%. Luchasaurus comes in there. Uh, you know, anytime I've got a dinosaur, I'm betting on the dinosaur. I mean, when, have we ever seen CM Punk beat a dinosaur? No. Not so you put, you put CM Punk in Jurassic Park, he's the first guy to die, clearly. So uh, that's his weak point. People, people are counting out Luch- He's a jam-up guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. Do you think it's going to be a cult of personality? Obviously, the cons have, you know, super, super deep pockets shelling out for pixies and trogs and stuff for people's theme music. I hope they keep that going. I, like, the theme music in WWE is just up and down the chain, just awful most of the times. And I always find it super interesting seeing those music pairings. And we've got Orange Cassidy with maybe the best paired theme music in wrestling right now with the Pixies, Where Is My Mind? Uh, Wyatt? Yeah, if, if CM Punk doesn't get his, his music, I'll be really, like, I will be gutted. Because that's a, not only is it, like, a fun shot at WWE that you got their guy, um, but it's also, like, I like the fact that it shows they're willing to spend to make, wrestling work because everyone loves theme song if they want if a guy wants a song make that work make it happen and that that the fans respect that if you see a guy come out like again we all waited 
to see if, if a biker taker would come back. And if you'd come back with American Badass, I would have lost my shit. <laughs> I would have been so excited. Like, I, songs mean so much and are so impactful. So to have that first riff, imagine the, a, a riff goes off and it's, and it's CM Punk. You're going to be, you're going to lose something there. You're going to be like, oh, yeah. like if Razor Ramon had ever come back to WWE back oh. in the day and he hadn't come back to that little, Whoo, I would have been like, what, what is this bullshit? Part of me would have been sad. So I hope they do the right thing. They want the biggest pop of the year if this is going to happen. And that's the only way to do it. If you have some random other music and it hits and then it just like comes up on the screen, CM Punk, like that, that doesn't give you what you're looking for. And like, I was thinking about this when I was watching NXT the other day. And if Adam Cole goes to the main roster and has his shitty current music, that's failure. Like, so same thing. Like if you're going to give him the undisputed era music, sure. If you're going to give him some new music that actually works and has some impact, also sure. Maybe starts with a Bay Bay or something so that everyone can actually recognize who it is. If you're going to get that pop, you need that music. And and that all starts with CM Punk there. Give Adam Cole cult a personality. Do it. <laughs> oh my god. Do it. That so would be amazing. <laughs> Two things I'm gonna point out in terms of, of music. One, I wanna give you know, full credit, like not that Jericho had iconic music WCW, but his first reveal on Raw, like the, his music was perfect. Like you can like that's a good example of someone like giving new music and it works perfectly, but again, he wasn't coming with some iconic music. Second point, which we've talked about offline many times, the fact they let Roman Reigns continue to use the Shields music will always make me mad because if you hadn't heard that, heard that for like two, three years, and they finally did reform, you would have lost your mind. But that wasn't like the, the, the prime of everyone hitting Reigns. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's Reigns' music. Like, they, that was such an annoying thing to do that they obviously were... Like, Reigns can make it on his own. They didn't. They tried so hard to make a guy that could get over, over, that it was so frustrating. He didn't yeah. need the music. And, you you know, oh, we didn't hear the Sierra Hotel. There was still a little bit of a spike with the Sierra Hotel. Yeah, in the Adel- like There was still a little bit of it. But, yeah, you're right. We talked about that a lot offline over the years about how he just maintained all the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. The look, the music, and it made the eventual reunion not as special because, yeah, we've been hearing this music and dreading it for <laughs> years every time it played and rolling our eyes. So. And when it came to the outfits, the other guys looked like they were just doing shitty Roman Reigns cosplay. <laughs> Except for Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, it really worked. <laughs> oh, Everyone I else, totally but... forgot. He Kurt needed Angle that armor for real to protect shoe. himself, though. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, you ha- legally have to wear this armor so you don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Last question as we talk a little bit more about uh, CM Punk here. Uh, and it's just like wrestling websites, reading the news and stuff. Obviously, everybody knows that this is imminent, this is coming. Would you prefer a surprise? I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but wouldn't it be, you know, special to to not know and see something like that happen for the uh, for the first time and be genuinely surprised? I still think that they're going to have something up their sleeve for Rampage. I think we might get a little final countdown, Brian Danielson, same time. But why knowing this ahead of time does it make you more excited, less excited? Yeah, I, I think there's a time and a place when they can get away with that. I think with this one, if you're like looking to make Rampage of as much momentum as possible, having the fact that everyone kind of knows it, so you're going to get those huge-ass ratings, everyone kind of checking in, like, this will be the punk show. I understand why they would do that. And again, that's also would have been one of the hardest secrets to keep, right? That's a really tough one to have seen punks return. So certain times they can surprise us, sure. And, and then I, AW has shown the ability to try and at least surprise you and, and do that mix. So I, I just I find it really hard to, to picture them having pulled off a complete reveal of CM Punk that no one saw coming. Right on. Uh, Mike Paris, you up for a little uh, pusher berry? Get Horowitz, yeah, get the long bit. trench yeah. coat. Uh, yeah, I let's think let's do uh, it. Let's hit it. Push or berry. All right, Paris, what do you have for us today? All right, let's start with one that we kind of touched on a little bit last week, but I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on WWE being sold. Push it or bury it? Is it a good idea? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the gut reaction for everyone is like, obviously, there's very great anti-gun sentiment out there, and for good reason, you know, I'm not going to get into that debate, but I think the very easy thing to do is like, yeah, sell it, give the next guy the chance to, to bring us back what we love, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, it's just so hard to imagine them selling. I know they're all businessmen at the end of the day, and Vince is always business, but like, this is his life. I can't imagine it happening, even though there's everyone thinks it could. I just, I just can't picture it. And like the whole family lines there ready to take over. Uh, you know, it's, I just, yeah, I think it's very simple to say, yeah, sell it and see what happens next. But I, I mean, that's not even also a guarantee that it's going to be great because that could even get more corporatization from people that don't know what they're doing. Clearly, I do want change. I don't think it should be Vince forever. But there is a part of me that does worry that like, you know, some guy gets it that doesn't know anything about wrestling, doesn't care about wrestling and just tries to make it more money making than it is now. So it's it's a great question. Good call. Well, like. <laughs> I think I think the presumptive buyer here is NBC Universal. I think that makes the most sense. But yeah. that definitely leans more towards the corporatization so of Lord things. Michaels will be booking it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, guys, I think uh... everybody just racing to do a Lord Michaels impression on the show. I love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, where's this... the ultimate warrior? I like the ultimate warrior. He's good. He's got the tassels on his arms. I like the tassels. He's got like energy. The... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the point. There's that anti-event sentiment, which is like, yeah, sell it. Let's get somebody new in here. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push this. But I understand the skepticism around it because, yeah, Disney bought Star Wars and you're thinking, oh, this is going to be awesome, all this money towards Star Wars, but didn't really focus on storytelling, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, some of the new Star Wars movies are kind of shit and very corporately produced and all that kind of stuff. So there's no guarantee that what we're going to get is going to be better but at this point have we gone as far as we can with vince in control i think we have it's clear that he's out of touch there hasn't been a home run great idea in a long time that's why i'm gonna push let's just suggest that a sale doesn't necessarily mean vince comes out of power it's you know very possible that a sale means that vince is still the chairman and still the guy so maybe it doesn't improve anything in that regard okay they announced, they, they announced the sale on air and then they say the name of the checks is McMahon, but the first name is Shane. Out comes Shane. <laughs> He's here for a reason. <laughs> He's here for a reason. <laughs> New head writer, Michael Che. Uh, <laughs> uh, we kind of, uh, Bowman and I were talking about this uh, before before we started recording, and it, it, it uh, excited me to add something to the list here today. Cinematic matches in a time of crowds in arenas. Push or bury? Uh, push, push. I, I think that to me, a cinematic match is again, give full credit to Matt Hardy for bringing that into the universe. Uh, it's one of the things I think you can make it work now, like it, it can. Like, we it, wrestling, you got to find the believable wall, make people believe in stuff. I still think it can work. Every like AJ Styles, Undertaker was fun, it was like I, as cheesy as it was, I enjoyed it. They can make it work, and it just again, it's like if you look at any card, you can have that 45 second squash match, you can make a cinematic match work. Like, I still think there's a good place for it. Do you want to pay $120 for your WrestleMania ticket to sit there and watch a screen for half an hour? Uh, you're going to be at WrestleMania for fucking eight hours anyway, so what's that going to make a difference? Like, give me a break. Don't, don't give me show length when you're fucking there maybe for a like good, eight Maybe a good rest. <laughs> yeah. Like, when you're at a show, you lose. There's certain things you're going to lose anyways. Like, with the Royal Rumble, like, we couldn't see everything. Like, you're going to lose a certain aspect. Half of the time, you're there just to say you were there. So, yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I was at a WrestleMania where they projected bugs on the ring, so... That was sounds fantastic. Uh, I like that idea. Can they do it again? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I mean, The Undertaker's retirement WrestleMania. That yeah, got that's robbed from you. Uh, I'm going to... Oof. I'm going to bury this. Um, yeah. 
perfect time and a place during the pandemic to do that sort of stuff. I know I loved Undertaker, AJ Styles as well, but there have been way more bad cinematic matches than there have been good cinematic matches. Firefly Funhouse was super interesting. I love the Broken Hardy stuff, but for every one of those, you have three Wyatt Swamp matches or House of Horrors match with such and such, and you know, sometimes, most times, it just doesn't really work. They've done it in NXT with Dexter Loomis, and Cameron Grimes, and that was shit. So most of them don't necessarily come across too well. Yeah, again, I, I don't necessarily want to say WWE should do them, but if AEW wanted to try, <laughs> I'd learn, yeah, sorry, I wasn't talking pure Vince. I don't think they uh, get it yet. Yeah. Like, they lucked out a bit with AJ Styles, and I still feel like Matt Hardy ghost wrote that one. So I do feel like, yeah, they got to figure that shit out. They did a cool Darby Allen sting one a few months back that actually was really good and actually an awesome use for Sting because Sting's going to be wrestling I think it's on Dynamite this week first time he's wrestled on TNT in a match in forever I don't necessarily think Sting in the ring going for X amount of minutes is a good idea but cinematically they did a lot with Sting and Darby Allin that match was actually pretty kick-ass all right uh pay-per-views being on Saturdays we talked about SummerSlam randomly being on a Saturday this week, uh, pushing NXT TakeOver to Sunday. So what do we think about a pay-per-view, a major pay-per-view, being I on do, a Saturday? I do want to say, if, if can we agree that if we want to bury something like to the ultimate level, can we call it a Maven? Because I still always, every once in a while, I'll think about how when Maven limited Undertaker, he got the shit kicked out of him for like an hour straight. <laughs> Did not work. So, yeah. Um, I'm not going to use that here. It's not a Maven situation. It's one of those things where... <laughs> That's what I'm bring that it up. aside from now. We'll Maven <laughs> yeah. something later. Yeah, maybe it'll come in later. Um, it's one of those things where Sundays and pay-per-views and the ideas of pay-per-views are not the same as they were when I was younger. Like that felt like a bigger event. You'd order them. It was all different, like end of the weekend. It was kind of like a bigger thing. Now it's just like everything's on demand. You can find it anywhere. Uh, I honestly don't care what day it's on anymore. I really don't. I'm going to push for sure. I think them being on Saturdays is awesome. I love when AEW does their shows on Saturdays. just feels special. Because all events, like, you know, big UFC matches are usually on Saturday nights and everything, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to push there. It's right. It's not the same as it was when we were kids. You watch it on the Sunday. Everyone's talking about it on school on Monday or even in the Attitude Era when it was, you know, a big topic of conversation, talking about it at the office, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to push pay-per-views being on Saturdays. I love it. All right, I'll, I'll keep keep this week to, sh- to, sh- to the short side of the world. Um, and we'll end with Charlotte jumping to AEW, or the potential therein. The idea is obviously a lot of fun. Um, again, in terms of like what more can you get out of her in WWE, I don't know if there's a ton there with the current management. I don't know if they're going to get a ton out of that kind of juice. Uh, so in terms of like shaking up the wrestling world, I would love to see that happen. So I'm definitely going to push that. Because again, like what are you going to do with Charlotte? Like... You push over Ray Ripley right now. I want Ray to get the, the push right now. Charlotte's done everything that you can, right? And so you go to AW, that also opens up the chance for down the line comes back sort of thing. So just for terms of keeping things fresh, I would love to see it. I'm going to bury here. Um, I... Fuck it, I'm going to maven this. No, oh my uh, God. I'm gonna, I'm, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Don't you, you can't just use that yeah, offhand. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> You'll be sure. If you're going to maven yeah. something, you got to be sure. Uh, I said years ago I would never, never forgive them if they added Charlotte Flair to the Becky Lynch, uh, Ronda Rousey, WrestleMania triple threat. I was a huge Charlotte fan at the time. But them forcing her into that match – it was just super, super disappointing, and I'm still not over it years later. Um, I don't know. She's dominant enough in WWE, but I don't think the women's division in AEW is nearly strong enough for anybody to be a viable 
challenge or threat to her. And if there's one thing I don't want to see anymore, it's Charlotte just absolutely dominating over everybody, which we'd get in AEW unless unless they grow a pair and they have her wrestle men. Wow. Interesting. I'd be into that. Her versus Jungle Boy. Brian Cage. That's what we're all waiting for. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Get me Brian Cage versus Charlotte, and I will push this to the moon. Yeah, no, I, I think I, you're. I think no. you're right, Bowen. Sorry. I I think that uh, there isn't the the credibility in the uh, women's division in AEW to even withstand her. Obviously, she would shoot straight to the top of the to the skill and talent of the AEW women's division. And I have a sinking suspicion. This is just a little theory of mine that WWE is intentionally hanging on to women that they would have otherwise released uh, in order to prevent AEW from building any sort of uh, good women's division. Which is the reason Eva Marie is there. We did it. We exactly. found She's out there the for reason. a reason. Oh, it. yes. <laughs> All right. Good pusher, Barry, as always. I uh, got two more things to get to. Uh, we'll start with this week in wrestling history. What we're going to do right here is go back, way back, back into time. One, two, three, four, hit it! Okay, quite a few things we could have discussed on This Week in Wrestling History. Obviously, we're, you know, in SummerSlam territory. Things like Randy Orton beating Chris Benoit to be the youngest uh, world heavyweight champion in WWE history. We've got John Cena leading a team that had Bret Hart on it for some reason against Team Nexus in 2010, featuring returning Daniel Bryan. But uh, why you wanted to get into this. It was August 14th, 2011, Summer of Punk 2. Uh, CM Punk defeats John Cena title for title in the main event with Triple H as the referee. And then uh, someone someone interjected themselves into the proceedings. Yeah, um, I was thinking about it. Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, uh, I love that because it was kind of when I realized that WD wasn't kind of what I wanted anymore. Because um, you had CM Punk at every reason to keep the title. They gave us, that's the thing that I realized. They were going to give you a little bit and take it all back. Because when he beat John Cena with the title... It blew your minds, right? Like, holy shit, like, he's the Summer Punk 4. Like, he's all going around, he's got the title, all this stuff. It's amazing. Like, you're like, what are they going to do? Awesome. Then you have this where he is your your champion. They protect Cena with his foot in the goddamn ropes. Just to make sure Cena's okay. Which I was like, okay, Jesus. You've got Kevin Nash coming back for God knows what reason. No, like, time to power bomb. And that turned into its own fucking terrible storyline. <laughs> and then you do with uh, Del Rio being the guy to cash it in. And come in with Money in the Bank and Inziguri to a title win. Um, I just hate everything about it. I, I can't. It's one of the most convoluted things I've seen. It, it, the whole way it played out was just messy. Um, I could go on for hours about how little I like Alvaro Torino, and that's probably maybe that's pain is worse for me. But it wasn't great anyways. But like Del Rio, I've never seen someone so bland, given so much rope, uh, and just yeah. I just that that was CM Punk's time. Like, yeah. how do you do that? How do you fucking do that? I was still devastated that they brought him back two weeks after he walked out, which was, again, wrestling has not been that hot. The closest it came was Daniel Bryan but uh, in 2014, but it had not been that hot since, you know, Attitude Era or probably like 2000, you know, 2002, 2003 or whatever. But, uh, yeah, the fact that all – and then Kevin Nash, the mystery of it, he ends up getting a text message, which he sent to him. So, they, like, they, it was clear they set out to do a story that they had no idea where they were going. And they just spun their wheels, and the whole thing ended up with, what was it, Triple H versus Kevin Nash at Night of Champions? 
and that was their big, you know, where they were going with it. It was it was awful. Yeah, wh- sorry, which year was this? This is 2011. So he won right. in July. So coming he off, won, yeah, won Money in the Bank coming in July. Off maybe maybe the best CM Punk match with John Cena like ever. Yeah, and it was like just coming off of that and building the anticipation of them again later on and then just to have it buried like that uh only to what bring back kevin nash was that really the goal to put the belt on del rio somehow like i i hate all of those things yeah because to wyatt's point the finish was terrible as well where punk had that definitive win over cena in money in the bank which you can argue is because cena jumped out of the ring to stop them from doing a screw job and that's what cost him so you had that kind of thing from july but now you have the visual defense of well punk pinned him but his foot was on the ropes so you're not definitively putting over the hottest star in the world in pro wrestling and then yeah to have a star of yesteryear come out and interject himself and then Del Rio comes out of it with a belt. Just a disaster on all fronts. Uh, Vince clearly had uh, just a sticky note that he handed down that said, cash in belt to Del Rio, uh, protect John Cena, and then Triple H added, get me involved. And those are the three things that had to happen out of this. And in the end, it didn't matter what CM Punk did. What, like, they just pushed him aside. Uh, just one of the biggest examples of WWE kind of you know halting something that they couldn't fully control. Like it's not one of their guys. It wasn't the corporate boy of theirs, and they just wanted to kind of take control. Because again, if you sat there and explained this to a non wrestling fan, you know, take a while, but like eventually get to the point of, and it ends with Triple H versus Kevin Nash, and like the guy from Ma- Magic Mike. Well, how they would understand, <laughs> right? Like Tarzan doesn't have those moves. Like he didn't end. Like it didn't make any sense. So it was yeah, it's not a good endpoint, and it is one of those moments that I could probably talk to you know passionately about with anyone about how it was a, such bad storytelling. Indeed. Yep. So August 14th, 2011, 10 years ago, Kevin Nash screws CM Punk and everybody screws the audience. So is, Na- is Nash uh, booked for uh, for um, Rampage this week, too, or what? Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be something? Let's <laughs> recreate it. He power bombs him. Oh, you know who else isn't working right now anywhere? Del Rio. Del Rio. Oh, no. <laughs> It's a oh. big, Cole Cabana asked him to get one big rib against his former friend. It's like, here we go. Here's what we do. <laughs> Teach him to sue me for a million dollars. Yeah. What, what if he doesn't him. want to take the pin Del Del Rio? Del Rio's an MMA fighter. He can do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the last thing we have to get into, uh, it's quiz time. Wyatt, you got a little something for us? I do. Uh, to see who gets to choose, I've got three SummerSlams here. 2014, 2004, 1994. I'm going to ask you a question. Whoever wins it gets to choose which one they're going to get answer questions from. So Jesus. Ooh. All right. I'm, yep. losing, I'm losing this already. It's fine. It's, it's going to be okay. Uh, <laughs> I need to know, from the very first SummerSlam back in 1988, who did, you know, who, answer first, gets this, who did Jake Roberts defeat? Dino Bravo. Time's up. It was Hercules. We'll go to the next one. We'll keep going. <laughs> Hercules. <laughs> Who did Big Boss Man defeat on the show? Oh, I was going to say Big Boss Man is the answer for Jake Roberts. Um, Dino Bravo. <laughs> it, correct. It was Coco Beware. We're going to keep going. We're going to get this. <laughs> Are we? Uh, oh, shit. Who did Dino Bravo defeat? <laughs> <laughs> well, now I don't himself. know what to think. <laughs> hmm. Honky Tonk uh, Man. We're getting close. Uh, the, the answer, Don Morocco. Okay. Now we've got, uh, who did the ultimate word defeat? Honky Tonk Man. Correct, sir. There it is. Fuck. 
<laughs> you had to know some honky tonk man was coming. It's, it's deep into the show before we've referenced the honky streak is alive. This is the it's real there. streak, not his <laughs> intercontinental title reign. It's us mentioning him on NEW Wrestle Nation. Uh, so you've got the choice of which of those events you want to answer questions from. SummerSlam 2014, 2004, 1994. It's about the results of the matches, just like this. You know what you're getting into. 1994. Paris, you in? Ooh. Oh God! Or well, let's make this. No, he get no. You choose your because you get one year. He oh, gets okay. Choose from the right, yeah. I'll, take, so, yeah. I'll take I'll take SummerSlam '94. Okay. Which I'll one take do 04. you 0-4? Okay, so yeah. 2014, you're out the door. Bowman, first question: Who did Adam Bomb defeat? Tatanka. Incorrect, sir. I will allow stealing just for fun. I don't know if Paris is going to have any steals in him. Do you have a steal <laughs> at all in your Paris? No. Big boss okay. man. It was Quang. Sorry, who? Quang. <laughs> the guy from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's Krang. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I would I remember if he faced Krang at SummerSlam 1994. What a great crossover that'd be. Quang ended up being Savio Vega. Oh, you got like Kevin Nash, Shredder could have been there. You know, bring him in. Yeah. Was he, di- was he the di- was the Diamond Stud? What was he? Or who was he in? Or the he was the what was his character? He was Diamond in Stud. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. He no, was, no, it was Vinny he? Vegas. Yeah. Diamond Vinny, Stud Vinny, was Vinny uh, Vegas. Razor Ramon. Razor. Yeah. And yeah. then he was also Oz. Yeah. Okay, uh, Mr. Paris. Yeah. In the opening match, who did Rob Van Dam defeat? Oh, for SummerSlam, uh, Taz. Incorrect. It was Renee Dupree. Oh, you could have stolen. Sorry, Bowman. Did you have that answer in you? <laughs> nope. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Next question for Bowman. Who did Bam Bam Bigelow in IRS with Ted DiBiase defeat? Head Shrinkers. Correct. Bowman Bow! is up one nothing. Mr. Paris. Mm-hmm. Who did the Dudley Boys defeat? And this is the full group, Dudley Boys. Bubba, Devon, Spike. So it's a oh, Spike. Match. Oh, so it's a six-man tag. Yep. Theoretically. Uh, uh, well, okay. I think I know. I don't know who was wrestling, but I feel like it was like invasion people. Like, was it that kind of era? I can't remember. I can't cheat, so keep reasoning it. <laughs> who I can give you this, though. Can you tell me who he wrestled? The sound of my nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I I don't know. It was Billy Kidman, Paul London, Ray Mysterio. That hard that trio. Freebirds and those guys and New Day. Yeah. Those are the big three. Shield, no, you can keep your shields. Give me your Billy Kidman's Ray Mysterios and who else? Uh you got your Billy Kidman, Paul London. Paul London. Paul who London. Was actually, oh. Yeah, he was fine. I look cool. Best man. rumble elimination in history. Yep. Uh Mr. Bowman. Yep. Alundra Blaze took on someone. Who did she defeat to retain the championship? 94. There was not a lot of women wrestlers. Uh, Bull Nakano. Bonus points if you know who the manager was. Bull Nakano at the time or came with them. Oh, shit. I don't know if it was Harvey Whippleman because I know he was with Bertha Faye. Uh, I'm going to go. I know I'm wrong. I'm going to go with Slick. Luna Vachon. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Pair so I'm losing now, right? You yeah. are. You are. Uh, shit. This Who isn't did... lopsided in my direction, and I'm offended. <laughs> okay. Uh, I can help you out there. Kane defeated a Hardy brother. Which one was <laughs> Fuck this. Uh-oh. Uh, uh, Matt. A very delightful, Matt. fantastical Hardy brother. Yeah. Uh, is it not Matt? Is it... It's Matt. Yep. Correct. Okay. I hear you say so, Matt. Sorry. There we go. He's getting back yeah. in the game. There we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Mr. Bowman. 
If you get this one wrong, you lose three points. Fuck me! <laughs> because this will make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> Who did Razor Ramon defeat in this match? Oh, I almost said the wrong name, which I know you would have jammed me up because <laughs> yeah. we were just talking about him. Yeah. Uh, this was an all-click affair. Razor beats uh, Diesel for the Intercontinental title. I think this was the start of the split with Diesel and uh, Shawn Michaels. Who accompanied both men to the ring? Uh, oh, I need the full answer. I think Shawn Michaels uh, went with Diesel. And if I'm not mistaken, did Walter Payton go with Razor Ramon to the ring? Sir, that is correct. Oh, that is correct. Wow. <laughs> I have Jeez. a girlfriend. She exists. Trust me. <laughs> she lives in Canada. Uh, Mr. Paris. Yeah. Hi. John Cena uh-huh. defeated this man. I is this like a Mrs. Doubtfire question? Series. It was the first in the best of five series for the, the U.S. championship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Booker. Booker T. That is correct, sir. I got one. Proud uh, of you. Unassisted. Mr. Bowman. I, had, I did have uh, Larry Bird balls here. I forgot to ask uh, Bowman for this one. What color was the font that said Razor on his trunks of that match? Jesus. I think he was wearing teal boots and like a kind of dark <sighs> I'm going to go with uh, teal was the razor font sir it was you were a, a freak of nature <laughs> on fire <laughs> it was a black and white marvel shorts with like the teal yeah 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 i remember the i remember the outfit yeah uh you're in trouble paris uh <laughs> yeah let's see what we can do to help you out thanks man uh, oh, sorry, Bowman. Yeah, that was the old question. Bowman, uh, Tatanka defeated someone at this event. Uh, who was it? At, he just defeated Lex Luger. That's when they did the whole who's in DiBiase's pocket. One of the greatest storylines. That was time. a great storyline. Yeah, he defeated Lex Luger and then sold out to the Million Dollar Corporation and beat his ass post match. Tough breaks put for put Luger. Put dollar bills in his mouth. Oh, great. yeah. Um, Mr. Paris, mm-hmm. again, uh, we've got Edge was in a triple threat match. Who were the other two men? And the Larry Bird ball question is, what were the color of Edge's pants? What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Two wrestlers and a color? Yep. Uh, Edge's pants were purple. Who did he defeat? Oh, I don't know. Was that right? Um, I can't say because Bowman are letting him steal on this one. He looks, he looks like he wants to get in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <He's thinking. laughs> it was for the IC Championship. I was just going to ask, was there a yeah. title involved? Um Edge Perennial IC champ Chris Jericho. And? Not a clue. Um, he was a guardian oh, of sorts. He was a guardian of sorts. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> Batista. Oh, there you go. You got it. <laughs> You're my guardian of sorts. <laughs> Um, the color of the pants was not purple. Bowman, Red. do you have a guess? He, oh my god, Bowman got it. Bowman sunk your Larry Bird ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. That was, I think, that was when they were starting to turn on him. Because if I'm not mistaken, was SummerSlam 04, was that in Toronto? Uh, let's see, that was... It took place in, yeah, Air Canada Center. Your yeah, concert. he had just come back and he was supposed to be this big face and then everybody fucking hated his guts for some reason. And yeah, rest is history. Mr. Bowman. Yeah, man. Slapnuts himself, Double J, defeated someone on this night. Who was it? Fuck. 
one, two, three, kid. Incorrect. Paris, you want to throw a guess out there? Uh, no. Oh, and do you do you Mabel have an answer? <laughs> do I may Mabel have an answer? Uh, were they a king at the time? Uh, well, this is Mabel. Say Mabel. <laughs> that would have been ninety-five. <laughs> Correct <laughs> Sorry, Bowman. You're still I in this. You insulted him this. with my answer. He was King of the Ring 95. Oh, and shit, you know what happened to him at SummerSlam 95? He got a world title match against Diesel. There you go. It works. This because he was work. King of the Ring? Oh, he was also fucking Whoa. huge, but yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bowman, uh, Kurt Angle defeated someone in a submission match. In 1994. Those are my questions. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. You know what, Paris? Kurt Angle defeated someone. <laughs> oh, There's one more extra question on Paris' side. Now you just eyes. ask him like three times as many questions. He does get one bonus question because there were more matches for his one. So yeah, Paris, Kurt Angle, <laughs> back in 1994. So you said in a submission match? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Luther Reigns was by Kurt Angle's side. Gross. Um... There was no lying, cheating, or stealing. Took place. <laughs> I bet you there was. <laughs> uh, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> Correct, sir. Oh my God, Bowman, he's within one. This is tough for you. How? I know you had a good. Wait a minute. I'm sinking bird balls left, right, and center. How is he within one? I knew uh, Edge wore just... red pants at SummerSlam 2004. <laughs> sir, just focus on your question, sir. All right. Uh, <laughs> sir, we've got Bret Hart defeating someone on this night. Who was it? Owen. What kind of match was it? Cage match. Correct, sir. Mr. Paris. Yeah. One of the greatest matches of all time happened this night. Uh, there are so many to choose from in Triple H's career, but this night might have been the best one of all. Who did he defeat on this night? Triple H? Triple H, I yeah. sense some facetiousness some in your... Yeah, yeah okay. Um, hmm. In 04. Yep. Who, who was... A problematic character that would not go over well today. Oh, okay. Do you know, actually, I was leaning towards this. I think oh. it's Eugene. Correct, sir. Oh, yeah. shit. I was like, Muhammad Hassan? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, right, Eugene. <laughs> Mr. Boba, this is your last question, and then we go to Paris for the last two. Uh, the Undertaker here uh, was fighting. Uh, who did he defeat? I'm very careful because I want to make joke answers, but you're going to take something seriously. He defeated the toughest enemy one could defeat himself. He faced the Underfaker, uh, Brian Lee, and it was the debut of Purple Trim Taker. Correct, sir. Harris, <laughs> I deserve back nothing. To you. <laughs> I hope you're ready for this. JBL with Orlando Jones defeated someone by DQ. Who did he defeat? Defeated him by DQ. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's hard to bury this guy, but oh. it's WrestleMania kind of. He wins a lot of WrestleManias. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought maybe you were referring to John Cena, like Barry. No, can't no bury physically Cena. it's hard to keep him down, even though he yeah, gets buried. No, he gets okay. right back up. It's the aforementioned Undertaker. That is correct, sir. Look, guys, we're all tied up. How? <laughs> but Paris gets one last question, so he can win it with this one. <laughs> By answering correctly, that's how he can win. Uh, Randy Orton beat someone for the world championship. Nope. nope. Don't like this. <laughs> May have become the youngest champion in history. <laughs> Who do you think it will he beat? Huh. I feel like this has been like talked about already today. Uh, I think it was in this week in wrestling history brought up. It's Chris Benoit. 
That is correct. Bowman, great try. You did a really good job, but Paris, you just had the heat at the end of that one. He came in real strong, so it was good Good effort, boys. Good effort. You shouldn't have brought it up earlier, Bowman. That's yeah, that's this, on one's you. On, this, one, this one's on me. Yeah, no, great job, Paris. Good hustle out there. Uh, I, next, I've learned to next keep track of score on my own so that when Wyatt just decides that we're tied, uh, I can actually go, actually, no, I'm up by seven. Because I probably was. But well struck, Mike Paris. Uh, hey, Paris, how about you as the architect? How about you do a quiz next week? What do you think? I'll see what I can do. Yeah, it'll be little. It'll be short. But uh, I think it tests you guys both in, in your own independent ways. Yeah, I want this guy. He's been screwing me over for weeks with these quizzes. And to be quite fair on Trust the Process, he's been screwing me over for years. Why? I want you in the quiz ring. Uh, I won't lie. I will do my best to sandbag you. <laughs> If I have to take the loss, I will, but I won't make it look good, all right? Damn it, he's right. <laughs> he's right. Um, all right, uh, that closes the book on another episode of NEW Wrestle Nation. You can follow us on Twitter, at NEW WrestlePod, and be sure to also follow the Nation Extreme Wrestling account, at NEW Wrestling Inc. Any final words or thoughts, gentlemen? Wyatt, coming to you first. I'm going to echo what we're going to say up until September 11th. Cannot wait to see what AEW has in store for us and to see what's going to go down the line and to see the new arena. Oh, yeah, I'm super excited about it all. Jeff Patterson tweeted about it today. You know J-Pat's excited about AEW. That's going to be pretty great. When you get his attention, man, you know you've made it big. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I I also heard that potentially we're going to see how far Chris Faber can throw David Quadrelli. That's the rumor. Look, so. Quadrelli has been putting on some beef. That guy is getting the muscle, so I, I don't think it's as easy as it once was. Maybe last year he can toss Quadrelli like a dart, but this year this, the dude's jacked. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm inclined the 2020 to Quadrelli can't go as far. Yeah, he's like Shawn Michaels steroid big right now. <laughs> oh, damn. All right, well, a lot of stuff to look forward to. Some of it might not happen, but uh, yeah, we're all <laughs> looking forward to September 11th, 2021 at the Gaming Stadium in Richmond. Wyatt, thank you so much. Paris, thank you so much. For Wyatt Art, thank Mike you. Paris, I'm Jay Bowman. Thank Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time on NEW Wrestle Nation.